third annual Apopka International Jazz Fest, starring Pebo Bryson with host Kim Waters, along with Kayla Waters and Ken Ford, Saturday, March 25th at the Apopka Amphitheater. For complete details and tickets, log on to ApopkaInternationalJazzFest.com. Unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Coming up on this episode, we will talk to Kyle Nash. He, of course, is our friend from A7BN Sports, Captain and Company in the Morning, and many other endeavors. We're going to talk about Kyle covering his first Super Bowl. He is standing by in the virtual green room and will join us in just a few moments. Great to be back with you after a brief hiatus. You see, I was in a dark cave for several days determining my future, and I've decided to continue the Jeff Allen Sports Talk podcast. <laughs> you know, I found it very refreshing to go into the dark cave. Anyway, that badly placed joke aside, we are back and ready to roll. So, the NBA All-Star Game, you hear my take on this every year, so this will be no surprise. I did not watch, not a single moment of it. Um, this thing is just, it's what the Pro Bowl became in the NFL and what the All-Star Game in hockey has become. Baseball still has a little bit of competition left, but, uh, the, the no defense played and, you know, scores that almost hit 200. Yeah, just not, just not anything worth doing. And, of course, the highlight of the All-Star Weekend was a G League player winning the slam dunk contest. Mac McClung, who uh, I didn't watch the the dunk contest, but seeing the highlights, threw some pretty spectacular dunks down and was uh, quite entertaining and deserving to win. But he is not currently on the Philadelphia 76 roster. He's in the G League on their team in the G League. So, eh... You know, maybe maybe it's a an all star dunking competition. You will start inviting you know uh, some of the guys from the mixtape video and all that good stuff to come in. But uh, but good on him. He uh, he he put on a show, and now I think it was a little over boldly stated that he saved the slam dunk competition. He may have at least got it off of <laughs> off the respirator. We'll see where it goes in the future. We're back with Kyle Nash right after this. Central Florida, it's Pebo Bryson. Baby, can you stop the rain? Double Grammy and double Oscar award winner Pebo Bryson performing live at the third annual Apopka International Jazz Festival, Saturday, March 25th at the beautiful Apopka Amphitheater. Hosted by world-renowned saxophonist Kim Water, along with urban keyboardist Kayla Water and jazz violinist King of String Ken Ford. Pebo Bryson, live. For complete details, log on to ApopkaInternationalJazzFest.com. All right, it is my pleasure to welcome back to the show from the three-point conversion from A7B and Sports, Captain Company in the Morning, and many, many other things. And fresh off covering his first ever Super Bowl, we bring in Kyle Nash. Kyle, good to have you back, buddy. Uh, how am I going to diss using the uh, the football heaven music 
for an intro. That's next level stuff right there, Jeff Allen. I appreciate it, bud. Yeah, you know, I blew my promotional budget on this, so. <laughs> the, the entire dollar twenty nine. Yes, the, the library. That's yes, right. exactly. So, you covered your first Super Bowl, and I just kind of wanted. To, I thought it would be a unique story to tell, especially from somebody doing this for the first time. Um, so let's kind of like delve into the, the process. So when did you start to initialize getting credentialed for the big game? Oh yeah. And, and you know, that, that's, that's one of the things that, that people don't know about is like, if you are in a position to, if you want to meet a lot of international media, the Super Bowl's event to, is the event to go to because most of the people, I'm not going to say most of them, at least half of the people there are international media, it feels like, right? If you've seen um, Cullum from Cork, as he's known on 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 uh, Twitter there from the Irish NFL show, that's how I met him. Like, I came across guys for the second time that are across the pond and met new ones here at this event, too. And, and, and it, it did the whole hoopla if you will you know I've, I've done a video of this that's on the hilarity by default uh youtube channel there uh as as you know in in the sports symposium i talk about the super bowl being this big event and i go on describing it for a minute and a half without even using the word football like this is that kind of event jeff you know so I think that's the stuff that most people don't really know about. So because that's the case, then it's literally a worldwide affair as it is. Um, they ask for you to start trying to apply in October. So keep in mind, the game happens in February now. Mm-hmm. And you're happening and at the beginning of like, well, late, late, late fall, right, is when you're applying. That's what it boils down to. So, yeah, that's that really is what kind of got it started. Um you know, and that's just to to do Radio Row and things like that. Now, what got me into the game itself this year versus when I went to L.A., uh, I'm assuming it's because I'm a full uh, season credentialed member of the Jags with my coverage, um, you know, for A7BN Sports and the three-point conversion. Bing! But um, that, they, hey, he's got the bell. Okay, I wanted to remember the gimmick. Uh, but, yeah, that, that, that was kind of the difference there. So the way it actually worked out, too, like, you know, wow, you were in the press box there at the Fiesta Bowl. Well, it's not the Fiesta Bowl. It's State Farm Stadium. I call it the Fiesta Bowl because that's the first thing it was when I covered it with uh, UCF and uh, LSU and the infamous Joe Burrow game, for those of you who know your UCF history and uh, 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 Joe, Joey Connor there, uh, you know, baptizing him, so to speak. But um, I was not in the press box um, during the game itself immediately. I was in the media workroom, which is kind of outside the perimeter of the stadium. It's like a portable building they set there for the the kind of spillover media because there's so many people trying to get into this thing. When I get into the stadium is around the fourth quarter to get set up for post uh, post-game press conference and things like that. Obviously, the media tent has vast resources through which to observe the game itself, but yeah, so as far as how it started and what the event actually boiled down to and, and, and what my experience was, um, that's really what it comes down to. So it it was great. Don't get it twisted, but I don't want to portray that I'm this, you know, that you're going to see me handing anybody a Lombardi trophy or anything like that. Mm. So you start the process in October, and again, right. the affiliation with covering the Jags is, is a big thing that they, I'm sure carries you over the line with mm-hmm. that. But 
you know, this game has evolved now to where, you know, it's not just the traditional media anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. It's podcasts, it's live streams, it's, you know, influencers, uh, you know, as part of the process. So, I mean, the, the size of the circus is definitely, uh, you know, almost bigger than the game itself. <laughs> you know, I remember a day when they talk about it being three ring circus was a big deal for Barnum and Bailey. Lived rings? How many rings? They, the Olympics doesn't have as many rings as what's being run here. Look, goodness gracious. Like opening night um, is they have their uh, their fan kind of a fan fest, a giant pep rally, if you will, um, where there's a stage that they had set up in the middle of the Suns arena. Okay, and they have podiums that are just below this stage that everybody's up on, but then also the arena itself is filled out. So you're trying to conduct interviews and do your thing in this limited space that's kind of crammed around the edge of the stadium, almost kind of like um, how you say like a like a front row or a pit at a concert, you know. And then there's still everybody around you there. And oh, by the way, Michael Irvin or somebody from the NFL Network may lean in and decide to to, to talk to one of the guys and completely disrupt the goings on. And then while you're trying to do your interview with somebody else, their voice is there, and you got to yell, and it's it's complete and total chaos. Um, which is why they have the other availabilities throughout the week, so you could actually, you know, talk to the players a little less impeded. And so, yeah, that that's. An opening night and the fair, fair, fanfare with that on the Monday before the game, or excuse me, yeah, Monday before the game, I'm right, um, is just an absolute zoo in and of itself. And that doesn't even get to the other events. Like the Super Bowl is a huge networking event for everything NFL related. The hat I'm wearing an, uh, tonight was uh, a, an event that I went to, I think it was on Thursday that week. Giving the NFL alumni gave my um, my, um Dick Butkus a a lifetime achievement award. So you know, my my mom being from Decatur, I had to go and attend that. You know, yeah, of course. So um, yeah, it was him and uh, New York Giants uh, great Otis Anderson and uh, Leroy Butler, whom I'd already met from his Hall of a uh, Hall of Fame induction coverage that I had done with a seven BN and a three point conversion there too. So um, just. Gold jackets everywhere, and comparing it to L.A., I could definitely say it was an air quote smaller event, but there's still so much going on. I said to you before we got going here that it was like trying to drink from a fire hose. Everybody's everywhere, and that's not even to mention the access to players for both squads um, having a conversation. That being said, I, I I encountered my second instance of actually being intimidated talking to an NFL player. The first one was Calais Campbell in Jacksonville Jaguar camp before the pandemic. And this time the Eagles in Dominican Sioux, definitely a force to be reckoned with when you sat down. But when, when I, you know, I let him know that, you know, my dad used to watch him before he, uh, before um, uh, he passed away from cancer and, and really appreciated his style of play. That kind of got, it's like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And then very human. We had a good conversation about quarterback mobility and uh, how guys like him uh, helped that evolution take place. And by guys like him, I mean defensive players that are also fantastic athletes. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the bravery to comment that he should have won the Heisman that year. But I digress. <laughs> yeah, so you mentioned, you know, there's just hordes of people, and then you get pe- people that interrupt you. Hope you didn't hang out with Michael Irvin too long while 
during his short stay uh, <laughs> at, the, at Super Bowl week. But uh, um, when you talk about the masses and all oh, that, yeah. you know, you're also, you know, you know, you can't help but want to interview the people that are interviewing the players too, right? Because there's so many uh, great people and resources at your at your hand there. And I'm glad you mentioned that too. That on Tuesday they had an event where uh, the Fox media crew were made available for comment. Had an opportunity, especially you know, with the occasion being uh, the first matchup of two quarterbacks of color in the game itself. Like, listen, I had predicted this a while back on um, not just, uh, but wasn't on the Student of the Game podcast, but actually with my good friend uh, Ernest Christian on the Earnestly Speaking podcast. Bing! And then also, <laughs> get another one ready, and also uh, with um, with him on a panel on the Huddle Up podcast as well, um, where that this was going to happen because a larger portion of the mobile quarterbacks are of color and quarterback mobility is being become more and more essential. Who did I get to talk to during that Fox availability that helped really cement that point better than anybody else? If you want credibility on the subject, how about Michael Vick? When Mike Vick explains to you why quarterback mobility is important and why it's at where it's at right now, I don't know that I could find a more credible witness. That being said, did spend a little time talking about that with uh, Kurt Menefee, very interesting to talk to him. And then I also spoke to uh, Jay Glazer and Jimmy Johnson um, as well about, you know, certain uh, quarterback mobility and specific to certain things with Lamar Jackson, especially in Jimmy Johnson's case. What's his, you're a Cowboy fan. You know what his famous statement is. The top two guys on your roster, the first one's the quarterback, and the second one is the backup quarterback. <laughs> when I coded that, quoted that rather his face a little lit up a little bit he was ready for my question <laughs> see you know how to you know you know how to grease the skids there that's a, that's a that's a good good skill to have listen know your audience jeff Bowley. <laughs> with, with that in mind too i think the the most significant granted i didn't know how significant it would be at the time because you know movements uh uh went in a particular way um that even i think our good friend captain chris hill would appreciate with eric Bieniemy ending up uh, going uh, with the Washington Red Tails, sorry, Commanders. Um, <laughs> I had actually spoke to him about you know development and practice and 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 that sort of stuff. And and I I meant it one way, but he took it a different direction. That was a really good answer. And um, my good friend uh, PJ Jack, whom we interviewed uh, at camp um, as somebody who was one of the uh, Bill Walsh uh, coaching fellowship minority fellowship um participants in that program at the jacksonville jaguar camp um i had i had mentioned you know he had participated that he was my quarterback when i played for those that see the video there's my credentials of my o-lineman painting behind me and aaron evans original for you ucf fans you may get that reference but um he he i had said hey you know what advice do you have for pj and gave a very Excellent response, um, which, you know, thank you to Twitter followers out there. Definitely, you know, had that get uh, thousands of views. So that was nice. And and to hear him drop that minority coaching advice before um, taking what I would call a lateral move to the, 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 uh, the commanders there was a very interesting timing and all that. But hearing him have those words for other minority coaching candidates was very fascinating and of course, the fat guy in me, I would be remiss if I didn't mention 
um, Creed Humphrey talking to the the Super Bowl winning center, part of the interior line that made possible a guy with a bad ankle to make in a crucial, what is it, 26-29 yard run mm. to set up the game-winning stuff. Man, listen. That's, that's awesome stuff. Um, so as the week goes on, the players become less available. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I think the parties become a little bit more increased as the week goes on. Did you get to uh, attend any of those? I did. I, I did mention the Mike Ditka event, which I, I came to find out. Here you go. Like, apparently the Phoenix Suns have their own beer. Pretty tasty, by the way, for those who are wondering if you like Pilsner-style beer. Good to know. Write that down. Um, but So, uh, yeah, after the uh, the, the, the Lifetime Achievement uh, stuff for... Um, um, uh, Dick Buckus, like that. That was uh, that was one element too. And then, of course, the uh, myself with the three point conversion crew that was there on Radio Row. It was going to be, I think, that was their last night there. A lot of them were flying out either that night or Sunday morning. Um, the Taste of the NFL Festival is a big, big deal right there. NFL alums all over the place promoting whatever business venture they're doing. Um, as well, like I, I ran into, um, a, a number of players there that were, you know, kind of like, Hey, I'm here. And Oh, by the way, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm peddling this product. I do this. Oh, listen, three point conversions based out of Atlanta. Give me, you know, Raph's information for the three point conversion there. So I can talk to him when I go back home and all this stuff. When you come across, when a guy says, what I, I have a, not, I know they're not a sponsor of the show, but um, I do the dot where I have the card that you just, you know, you tap on the phone instead of handing out business cards. You have to tap on somebody's phone. They save your contact. Boom. It's a lot easier. Um, but when you do that and the guy says, so you're driving through Paradise Valley at all? I'm like, I, I don't think so. Well, why did that come up? Oh, well, I'm the mayor of Paradise Valley. So if uh, you go through, just, uh, you know, see what happens. I'm like, okay, just just a random mayor walking around. Nothing to see here, you know. <laughs> So, um, yeah, man. And, and not to mention, like, at the Taste of NFL, quality food everywhere. They had uh, – uh, I got to see – I put it up on my Instagram, the SOTG, if you want to look. They they were – there was an exhibit there where they had some sushi going, and they brought out this huge tuna, and the guy started cutting it. Now, you won't say anything graphic like any fish brains or anything like that, but, like, you know, the dude was getting out in the saw and starting to go to work. I thought that was crazy. Not just – he he! Literally, this isn't just a fish tail. He once had a fish this big, um, and not to mention the the delicious problematic drinks that were served at the event as well. Had to go. Yes, you had to had to really be careful because get away I from you really fast, right? I, well, listen, I had an Uber. It was fine. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so. Tell me a little bit about Radio Row and, and and what you guys did there. Did did you interview a cavalcade of people with their sponsors? Yeah, the thirty point conversion um, drove a lot of the interviewing, and, and they, there's always somebody there. They're trying to to promote something, but you know, I got to shake shake some hands and take some pictures uh, within Radio Re- Row itself, and then also if you check out almost Andy Reid, um, this is a guy, and he fooled me. On the way there, by the way, I, you have to go a separate day to pick up your actual game day credential versus your radio row credential. So I was doing that, and some security guy is ushering a, a man of a particular, how you say, portly shape um, in the appropriate Kool-Aid red. 
Um, and if you see any of my productions with the student of the game, Jeff, you know that I have nicknamed Coach Reed since the move from the Eagles to the Kool-Aid man. That's a thing that's happened. <laughs> was he, so wa- was he waddling? <laughs> yes. Yes. It, the, he had the appropriate gait in his walk, G-A-I-T, for those who don't know that word. Um, you know, uh, and, and, and was moving in such a fashion with a security guy on his hip in the building. I'm like, oh, snap. So I go pick up my uh, credential. I go, and then the same guy with the same gait, he's just walking. And I'm like, okay. I get past him. The mustache was right and glasses and everything. I'm like, that's interesting. That when the people stopped them for the selfies, I'm like, oh, snap, that must be coach. So, you know, I, I'm meeting the three-point conversion crew out there because, you know, I'm working with them um, as well as doing my work for A7B and sports as well. And um, I said, man, I got so coach read on the way here. It's crazy. Next thing you know, here he pops up. I'm like, oh, dang. It's, it turned out the guy actually calls himself almost Andy Reid and and he was going around I wasn't here for this but I saw the clip if you check out the three-point conversions uh YouTube or their their Facebook page Raphael Haynes is interviewing TJ Hushmanzada and he stops in the little middle of the interview oh snap except he actually says it and we're trying to keep it trying to keep the confines of yourself so he's like oh beep Man, I don't mean to cut you off, but that dude looks just like Andy Reid. <laughs> awesome Andy Reid blew up Raph's show. So, like, that was just one of the cool things. Like, I, I mean, I'll list off a few. Like, it was um, as I got to meet Takeo Spikes, which, by the way, when he smiles, it's a lot less prominent, obviously, but I can confirm still has one of the most intimidating countenances. Perfect for football, just like Tony Pacelli, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, um, who else? Earl Campbell. Uh, Tony Dorsett. Um, it's there's there's enough there where I'm actually having trouble. You know, a couple guys got pictured with Shannon Sharp. There was there was there was the uh, the gamut of uh, celebrity that came through. Uh, Patrick Sertan uh, Jr., who commented at the time. By the way, being in Phoenix during that Durant trade was nuts in its own way, Jeff Allen. Let me tell you. Um, and and I think he had the best answer to it. It's like, what do you think of that trade, man? Because he, you know, made made allusion to the fact that he was, um, you know, an NBA fan. It's like, man, it felt like a simulation. I'm like, that's a great answer. <laughs> um, so and and yeah, there was a lot of that going on. Me personally, um, I got to interview Sean Alexander. Uh, his involvement with what's uh, what is the Cafe Momentum program. Uh, which it's it's a food truck and a restaurant kind of thing where they take uh, uh, kids that need a second chance, underprivileged kids, and and put them in a position to succeed in in the culinary arts. And um, the food is in fact off the chain, so they're teaching them something, right? Mm. You know, you go to the food truck, um, it's it's kids serving you, and 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 the food comes out real nice. They even had a vegetarian op- option to help account for my uh, diabetic nature right now. You know. Um, and yeah, all of it was, uh, and talking to Sean Alexander, he, the, 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 the biggest thing for me is I'm walking up to Sean Alexander. And he says to me, oh, yeah, I recognize your face. What? <laughs> so, um, you know, I said that, you know, I, I started the interview and I said, you recognize my face. I recognize your face. I use the hit stick with you all the time. <laughs> you know, you got a kick out of that, but we <laughs> talked about the program and all that was super fun and how I ended up going to the, uh, alumni party with uh, Dick Puckus. So that's a whole thing. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, just just a very full packed event. And oh, by the way, the game happened to be competitive and close too. So I was there um, 
camped ready for the uh, MVP and winning coaches speech um, and, and able to provide those tidbits as well to the uh, public at large. What can I say? Yeah. So uh, on radio row, is it, but still majority radio versus versus podcasts, or is that starting to even up? I think what you'll notice is the biggest difference, Jeff, is um, everybody now where they wouldn't have before has a tripod on the edge of their table filming the experience. Mm-hmm. So there's a few that don't. And and their hair is of a particular color and noticeable spice of salt and pepper in it. But um I'm saying it's old guys, Jeff. Yeah. But I got you. <laughs> as but, I rub, uh, as I rub my uh, salt and pepper goatee, yeah. So. <laughs> oh, whatever. Listen, you've shaved it way too much. I know you hit it. You didn't have to out yourself like that, bro. But um no, but the um why do you think I'm wearing the hat? But uh <laughs> um yeah, just there's so many and, and and the range of people like it's funny. I'm with I'm with uh Three Point which is a a a minority owned business, a minority run and all that. And our table set up right next to get this Outkick. That is just beautiful irony and also a display <laughs> of the diversity of people and types you will see there. Uh, there's a group that, that had managed to come in. They're all wearing shirts and ties for the first few days um from Ithaca College. You know, I connected with some of those kids. Um, I ran into a guy uh, in one of the availabilities that does PA for the Suns. You know, just so much going on, so many different sorts of people. Um, Annie Agar, who does the funny Zoom calls. Yo, oh, God, uh, she's awesome. I I would go, I didn't go to Super Bowl week just to be in her presence. <laughs> guess what? I got to do that last year in L.A., and I took a photo with her giving me tech support to get into one of her virtual meetings, right? So there was that. I saw her again on opening night, dressed to the nines, by the way, too. Like, I don't know who her fashion person is, but, like, if she works with dudes, I need to call that person. Anyway, <laughs> um, but, like, I, I was like, I don't know if you remember, but I met you last year. And I just want to say hi again, and, and you know, I'm still watching the meeting since. And he's like, oh, that's great. I know I don't I don't remember you, but I thank you for this. Like, well, I was the guy that took the tech support picture. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> so, you know, hey, I got recognized by two people of note, her and Sean Alexander. Boom. There you go. That's a pretty good list. <laughs> I got Patrick Mahomes to laugh. I'll do that. I can add that in, too. There's that. How did you make him laugh? Ah, thank you for the setup, Jeff. Well done. Um, the, so it was um, for, for all the stuff throughout the week, people talking about the quarterback of color um, presence, you know, certainly was a thing but i didn't want to just ask that straight out not to mention i'm sure he's gotten it more times than you know travis kelsey has thousand yard seasons which is yes it was that much yes it's seven, by the way for him anybody who's wondering but travis michael kelsey i'm sorry i forgot he earned middle name status on my pod anyway <laughs> when i asked patrick levon mahomes the second how he would compare himself to a uh, uh to how he would compare jalen hurts to a young patrick mahomes he pondered it and he said, "Well, not that old." <laughs> so that got a fun laugh. I was like, "What, well, younger?" He answers the question. Um, you know, cites work ethic in a very articulate, well thought out manner, as he's prone to do. And I say, "Hey, um, thanks for the answer, Patrick. And for the record, uh, I'm older than both you guys. I'm in my 40s, so it's all good." He he enjoyed that and then moved on to the next question. So there you go. Nice, nice. Yeah. So it's interesting because you know the radio row thing always intrigues me because. Uh, and and I to me it's like the worst week in sports talk radio, mm. just because. And I did this one year. I literally went from station to station, 
I think I followed Joe Montana. He was like on every show. And I was as I was scanning the dial. Hey, Joe Montana's here for what you know, uh, hush puppies or whatever shoe he's doing these days. Uh, Sketchers, I think he was. But uh, right, right. So, so I always I, found that I kind of intri- parts now. That's right. Yeah. So I always found that kind of intriguing and thought that it really brought down normal sports talk shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, you know, they want to be there. They want the presence and all that. And I'm also seeing now where like a lot of guys who have done it a number of years, they'll go to Super Bowl week. But they won't do their, especially in Arizona, they won't do their morning show because that's 3 a.m. Uh, right. You know, why do that? And nobody's, and, no, and there's nobody to talk to. Uh, so I always found, found that kind of intriguing and, and wondered because of the evolution of podcasts and things like that, because now it's more of a, okay, you listen, you don't listen to this at a set time every day. Right. So there are some that that will do their weekly stuff still and like keep in mind if you're in Arizona if you're one of those cats doing a morning show you're sleeping in out there cuz it's 3 hours later it's like i don't have to do my show till 10 woo you know so <laughs> there is that there's something to be said for that you know i i enjoyed for example i have i have kids that are 8 and 3 i enjoyed getting to sleep in by comparison it was great <laughs> um but um Still had to to, to go uh, at 8 a.m. twice for the uh, Chiefs availabilities. Whole other question. One was before practice. One was for other. But it was good they did it that way because here's a practical thing for any of you 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 uh, young um, wannabe journalist slash content creator slash uh, reporter types, which I don't consider myself a journalist or a reporter. I'm an analyst. Whole other question we could get into on another pod, Jeff Allen. <laughs> line is this? Um, the way that that Phoenix, Phoenix handled this versus uh, with how the the uh, the um, Rams and Bengals Super Bowl went last year in L.A., which was another element of complication because they were still, we'll call it COVID cautious um, at that event. So a lot of the team availabilities were um, virtual, which is fine. I'll lock in. I'll pop my my uh, headphones, but like. You know, I'll be on my phone, on my app, editing my videos and stuff and, and, and you know, multitasking and, you know, listening for when they, listening to their answers, but also listening for when they call for me so I know what to do and, you know, all that other happy stuff. Excuse me. So with with that in mind, this year, everything was live, right? So they'll have tables everywhere and then a room with the the main attraction so to speak right the quarterbacks will be in that main room if it's the chiefs you're gonna have uh travis kelsey uh um and 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 uh chris um chris jones the major defensive guys major offensive guys for the eagles it was um jalen hurts and again all the major guys and it was the first time by the way a center was featured in that uh, uh that that environment so hey the power of podcasting making jason kelsey a, a celebrity is something special. I got to walk right up to Creed Humphrey and talk to him. You know, by the way, he also agrees that the term skill player is a bit of a slur against us big guys. So we've we've come together to call it big skill moving forward. Ooh, I uh, like that. I like that. Credit to Creed Humphrey. Yeah. You know, um, you know, he might. I, I know. I all we're hearing about from uh, Nick Wright this week is how he partied with them and all that other stuff. But the punchline is this: Creed Humphrey. If you hear me mention big skill, there is the source. There you uh, go. I think I'm gonna have to. I, I'm gonna have to adopt that term too. I like. I, it. I I had said steal, but he had approved that too. So there you go. By the way, I can't make this up. Dude is sitting there 
I know he's not an older guy already. He might he's a veteran football player, but he's sure not in his forties. I, I I do not make this up there in shorts with white crocs and white socks. Oh, hey, bro. <laughs> I mean, listen, you're, you're laying back before practice. I'm not going to judge it, man. But listen, you're comfortable. <laughs> I can't get away with that. But, you know, you're a Super Bowl center. F it. Go for it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just and, and again, to have not just the chaos, but have it be where you're surrounded by NFL players. And in that environment, by the way, with the, the rookie um, defensive backs that the Chiefs had, uh, in place there that I wanted to make sure got their shot. They picked off Joey Burr twice, uh, rookie DBs, you know, one each, of course, for the guys in question, uh, Jalen Smith and Josh Williams, by the way, for anybody who's, uh, who's wondering, but, um, I wanted to get there. Like, listen, you're a rookie. You just picked off Joey Burr and then you got to the Super Bowl. What's next after that? Y'all. <laughs> Are you going to suffer from Oz Hakeem, who nobody remembers, but was a member of the greatest show on turf that nobody talked about? Right. right. Like, you know, I know you know who it is because you're yeah. a smart guy, Jeff, but it's um, it's a little different. So hadn't heard and, his name in years, by the way. But uh, yeah, good, good, good reference by you. Hey, uh, you know, it, it's but it's the great rookie who got to a Super Bowl thing. I didn't want to go full Dan Marino and depress people. But you yeah, know. yeah, no, I, uh, I got you. I got you. So take me to game day. Yeah. So how early do you have to get there? I mean, obviously this is, you know, well covered more than any sporting event on the planet. Maybe, maybe World Cup is up there. But take me through the game day experience. You, you know, from from the media perspective, game day itself is pretty damn chill for the most part. Like it's it's it starts like the game – so the game is 6 Eastern, right? Mm -hmm. I'm mountain time because Arizona does quirky stuff with their clock, whatever. Oh, we don't believe in daylight safety. So sometimes they're two hours back, sometimes three hours back, whatever. By the way, if you wondered why it was sometimes EDT versus EST, that's why. Yes. You know, standard time, daylight time, and Arizona has neither, so you just kind of roll with it. But all of the above to say... um, I didn't have to get on the bus. I think the first bus left at like 11 something or noon. I'm like, listen, I'm sore from walking all over downtown Phoenix. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll miss the first bus. It's okay. You know, I, I got to the stadium, I think at around uh, one ish, 1230 ish, which, you know, for context, if the game started here at six, I usually do two, two and a half hours before football in general, be it the Jags, be it um, UCF, whatever. So, you know, doing the math, I would get there. Um, but considering that I wasn't going into the stadium itself till the fourth quarter, I set up all my stuff in the media workroom, had a little bite to eat, and I just walked around the fan experience Um you know, if you want the, to check out the pictures from it, by the way, the SOTG on Instagram, just scroll down a bit. It's there. Um, but Fox Studio was set up. Um, got a picture of those guys from further away, actually in the uh, in the middle of doing their jobs, you know, where I was at close up with them in that Tuesday event I told you about. They didn't um, say security, that guy's half harassing us again? Or <laughs> I mean, I had my shirt and tie on, so they might have thought it was security at first. But. 
Um, I didn't have the Super Bowl lapel pin. That might have been what, what would have given me away. No, um, but yeah, walking around, taking pictures of the different exhibits and, you know, talking to the people and all that stuff. Did a lap around the stadium just to check it out and all its special Super Bowl 57, you know, uh, decor outside the stadium. NFL uh-huh. Network had their open set up, saw that, you know, took a picture of, of Rich Eisen in an incredibly creepy fashion from afar, you know. Um <laughs> And 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 just kind of took in the experience around the stadium and and watching the fans and you know, and 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 because I was there that early and I had food, I was hanging out with you know my Irish buddy, call him from Cork, who I mentioned, uh, also his co-host Brian from the Irish NFL show. I'm throwing flowers to everyone here on this show, Jeff. Allen. I'm saying you got, I'll keep yeah, it. get the bells in there. You go. Um, but um, yeah, the there's there was just so much going on. The writing part became easier as far as trying to do the pre-writing. Now, the game was so close and out of control, it was a little harder to write at the end, but, hey, that's a first-world problem, right? Yes. So, but, yeah, all of that was getting to the game itself is just a matter of sitting on the bus and and, and being gravy. And, like, the extra time during the day for me, the I managed to soak up all the water I was trying to drink from the proverbial firehouse, <laughs> sending out all the various video clips. And, and, and I think... I had intended to write one more article leading into it, but with all the interviews and stuff I did, I did only write the one article showcasing, hey, no one's talking about this Chiefs defense, you know, which they weren't. That's why we were talking about uh, Jalen and Josh there, I had mentioned. Um, But yeah, so then, you know, once the game got started, you know, listen, I'm in position there, I'm tweeting, I'm doing all that. Um, And then when the fourth quarter came along, by then the Eagles were up by two scores. I'm like, well, listen, it's not out of pocket, but it's rough. So, you know, Colm and I decided to go over to get set up for post-game. Assuming it being an NFL facility, we'd still have a way to see the game. Well, that was his own struggle. That's okay. While we were walking over there, we actually were watching the live game itself. It took a quick click, click of that with my, uh, with my uh, phone to see that too, but actually got to watch some of the game in the stadium from afar while trying to find where to go. Uh, towards the end of the game and um, actually saw the air quotes controversial call, which is hard for me to call a call controversial when the player admitted to doing the infraction in question. That's a whole other, qu- you know, but, but it's scripted, Jeff. Anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> say, but uh, And listen, as an aside from that, I don't know how much XFL you're planning to talk, but I will say this. The XFL has gotten official review right. When you're in a place when I appreciate what you're doing and it's Dean Blandino that's doing it, that should tell you everything I need to know. Or you need to know, I should say. Um, I'm not fond of Dean Blandino. Anyways, um, <laughs> he's a nice enough guy. I just, anyways. Yeah, so you're, um, you're getting so you're getting the, the post-game hookup going. Yeah, and I got that set up. You know, um, I even took a picture. I got there early enough where I could take a picture at the podium in fashion um and yeah was there to to um absorb uh to officially hear that Andy's like f you guys I'm staying I'm not retiring you know and uh to absorb uh post game Patrick Levon Mahomes the second and by the way for anybody who thinks that the injury is fake listen watching him struggle to get up and on the stage he's either a real good actor or he was hurt just say yeah, I, conspiracy theories abound. Uh, yeah, I, they were there. Somebody actually asked him, "What what anti anti pain stuff did you get 
in the halftime. It's like, I didn't, I didn't get any painkillers, man. Sorry. I, you know, I might just be that awesome. You yeah. know? Yeah. How about that? <laughs> That's a, what a concept. Uh, so spectacular game nonetheless. Hmm. Uh, you know, and, and the chiefs have, you know, uh, achieved some, uh, pretty remarkable standards, uh, here in the, here, here in the twenties, uh, as a, as a franchise. And, uh, you know, they look like they're, they're built to, you know, be around for a while. I, I mean, listen, the, the Patrick Levon Mahomes, the second is a thing that's been a thing for a while. He's had middle, middle name status for some time. And let's be honest. The only reason he hasn't been in every Super Bowl, or excuse me, in a Super Bowl every year he's played is comes in these forms. D Ford offsides, because mm-hmm. Tom Brady threw the game-losing interception, and darn it, as long as I live, I'm going to do what I can to make sure it doesn't get forgotten, right? Right. And, and as Keenan Ivory, or as Keegan-Michael Key said at last year's NFL Honors, which you know you done messed up if Keegan-Michael Key's talking trash on your football skills, Two year tight end, by the way, Travis Michael Kelsey, right? We said, um, I believe he said at the time that uh, Patrick Lavama, Holmes II, had forgotten how to play football when he lost the game that would eventually propel Joey Burr and uh, and the Bengals into the Super Bowl that year. So, all that to say, could have been there all five years, D Ford, forgetting how to play football one game, one half, actually, for that matter. Yeah. So, no, there you go. No, they are. They are definitely a story, and you know, and, and a lot was made of, you know, trading Tyree Kill. Uh, but look what uh, look what they did. You know, they decided to build more for the long run and get some get some uh, get some cachet back. Uh, you know, they 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 stocked up the draft picks and and they utilized them well. Listen, buddy, here's what I'll tell you: if I know that. The story of the Godfather takes place in New York and all that. But if you flip them all into tank tops and flip flops, somebody there went up to Kansas or to Tyreek in Kansas City and 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 for Tyreek, I should say, in can to Kansas City and said, "We're gonna make you an offer you can't refuse." You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's kind of like what the Texans did with Laramie Tunsil, all that. Um. And look at the no one's talking enough about the Chiefs' defensive draft. Mm-hmm. And this is what I kept trying to scream about people. Oh, Tyreek Hill, they're in big trouble. Oh, shush. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that was never a thing on my show anyway. And 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 this is listen, you want to know if anybody is mad about Patrick Levon Mahomes the second, especially in the media, first of all, stop it. But second, if you're insisting on continuing to be mad about that, it's your own fault for making Tyreek Hill a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Well said. So uh, you mentioned the XFL. So the Guardians uh, got kicked off last week and lost their first outing. So uh, tell, me about, uh, tell me about the XFL and the Guardians and uh, go a little bit more into the replay situation. Oh, sure. And I mean, listen, as as far as the Guardian struggles in the first week there, like there's a reason that what media, um, uh, let's say forecasting was out there, you know, everybody likes doing tiers and rankings when they're entirely inappropriate. So why wouldn't you do it for the XFL? Hey, listen, they're looking for clicks and rightly so. You know, I, I think I saw each game did around a million in viewers, some games more, some games in the 900,000s. 
okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and that's on ESPN Plus, by the way. It's not like they were, you know, I, 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 some of the games were on ABC, in fairness. Um, that being said, the Guardians in particular, their quarterback situation was going to be a tough one, right? DeAndre Francois, whatever, uh, uh, and, and, and Dormandy were go- doing their part. They got Paxton Lynch late, and, and, and he came out and struggled. And I know it's 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 trendy to to make jokes about the fact that he's the only player to have been benched in the CFL, XFL, and NFL, and I think possibly the USFL as well, all at the same time. Maybe so, I mean, the AAF. <laughs> yeah, um, he wasn't in the AAF, but okay, I right. appreciate why you asked. Yeah, <laughs> I you know that they left the early NFL quarterback benching um, to um, Johnny uh, Manziel. In his case, I digress. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, but they also, you know, with that, I mean, I know they scored the first touchdown allegedly. I thought it was a pick two, but whatever. I wasn't mad about them not overturning it because Dean Blandino explained exactly why it was okay, um, and I was comforted by that. This is me propping the 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 uh, official review process again, but whatever. Um, the defense did get settled in later, but when you're a defense playing together for the first time, basically five weeks of practice, no preseason games, right? And all sorts of other quirky things coming up. <laughs> um, You know, they came out the gate, the offense a little slow, turned the ball over some. The defense gave up some big plays. The whole got dug big. Now, by the end, they kind of got settled in, got a couple picks, uh, talked to C- Jacoby Jones, three tackles, two sacks at the defensive end position, and he said in his mind it was just about, you know, getting patient and waiting to get his opportunity. Well, you got opportunities late in the game, and that's a good thing. But listen, when you dig the hole that big, especially when you have a first-year head coach in former Packer slash FSU great Terrell Buckley versus Wade Phillips, who's been a head coach and a coordinator at successful organizations, and also the thing I credit him for that not enough people do is being the guy responsible for getting J.J. Watt drafted to a particular franchise. Like, that's a tough list. That's your first coaching gig to battle in a, in, in a, um, in a, in a I'm going to say a minor league, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's tough, man. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, no, no question about it. And I think the, the, the point about the replay, you know, I love the transparency of, of that. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is beautiful. I don't think the NFL will ever, ever do that because I'm afraid – people would hear circus music in their head. <laughs> uh, if nothing else, it'll force them to clean, clean it up. Like I mean, at least uh, it would be the Gilligan's Island theme or something. Yeah. I, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I would rather at least see an act of decisiveness in that situation where, okay, we take, we take a short amount of time. We analyze this quickly. Here's our call. And I, yeah, I can live with them being wrong as, as long as they're – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, as long as it makes sense, frankly. Yeah. I mean, you know, just, just the, you know, not just the, the wishy-washiness of, of what the NFL and a lot of the, the, the other major sports have become. Yeah, some of these on-field explanations you get because, you know, the refs – like, not everybody's going to be Ed Hockley. Like, because let's be honest, half the time you forgot what the call was because he was showing you tickets to the gun show, you know. <laughs> but, um, by the way, he was a lawyer. I still yes. like that. 
Anyway. Well, 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 the way he explained calls, he, yeah, you could tell he was a lawyer. <laughs> well, the way he explained it, well, yeah, yes. I, I mean, it was the legalese, but like, how does a lawyer get jacked like that? I want to be a member of that country club. Good God, <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 what is it? They say that um, if 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 you're in law, if you have the facts, pound the facts. If you have the law, pound the law. If you have neither, pound the table. Good God, I hope there was never a case where Ed had either. He'd be breaking furniture. Yes, <laughs> but um, that's a heck of a segue. And Anyways, but um, no, so I, I, I hear what you're saying about the decisive as- aspect of it. But here's the part, too. Like, people talk about, oh, you need to shorten the game. If I'm engaged, does it really matter? Right? Yeah. That's the part. It's it's not so much disengagement or that the games are long. I, I, there are Lord of the Rings movies longer than football games, and the nerds aren't complaining. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, I think... To me, it's not so much about shortening the game; is shortening the stoppages in the game. Right. That to me is is the issue because you know we look at these things at home and you okay. Well, clearly that's not a catch, and they're deliberating for time and time until time ends on that. You know, that's that's really what I would like. You know, would like to see it just. Get to get to it. Get to it. When stadiums are literally playing the Jeopardy theme, yes, during the deliberation, that confirms your point more than anything we could say, Jeff Allen. And, yeah. and, and see, that's the good thing about the process. At the very least, yes, there's a stoppage. Yes, I hear Dean Blandano say stop game. It doesn't discourage me. I'm like, what's he going to say? I've never cared this much about what Dean Blandino, Mike Piera, or any of these rule analysts have had to say. And I have to make that point because Blandino's one of the same guys. He's the CBS guy that's sitting there behind um, Romo and Nance. It goes from being a great broadcast and then they cut to that guy. You know, now I'm anxious to hear him. He's the same dude. (laughs) Hey, sometimes you just got to change the cape. You know, that's... (laughs) that's... What what is it with comedy delivery? Boom, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, there we Ah! (laughs) go. Well, Kyle, hey, I always enjoy uh, having you on the show. And again, thank you for taking time to take me through the the walk down the the Super Bowl coverage. I think that was, you know, I, I like the I like the making the soup stuff. You know, so yeah. that's always to me that's always entertaining to hear. Oh, listen, I I am I am honored to just be in a position to be the chef in question, and I would be remiss if I did not thank you for the stroking of the ego that was this experience. I- <laughs> Well, you know, that's what, you know, that's what I'm here for, you know, <laughs> when, it, when it all comes down to it. We'll let you go out to the music too, man. I love it. Yes. Kyle, thanks again, man. Always appreciate it. Always an honor, joy, and privilege, and something I never thought I'd do with this music in the background. Thank you very much, Jeff, and until next time, <laughs> dismiss. <laughs> And now let's close out with a TV theme. I am the sun and the air. I am human and I need to be loved. Just like everybody else.
that a theme from Charmed that aired on the WB from October 1998 to May 2006. The narrative of that series follows a trio of sisters known as the Charmed Ones, the most powerful good witches of all time, who use their combined power of three to protect innocent lives from evil beings such as demons and warlocks. And each sister has a unique magical power that they grow and evolve with while they attempt to maintain their normal lives in modern-day San Francisco. And while they keep their supernatural uh, identity separate and secret from their ordinary lives, it often becomes a challenge with the exposure of magic having far-reaching consequences on their various relationships, resulting in a number of police and FBI investigations throughout that series. It initially focuses on the three Hallowell sisters, Prue, played by Shannon Doherty, Piper, played by Holly Marie Combs, and Phoebe, played by Alyssa Milano. Following Prue's death in the third season finale, their long-lost half-sister, Paige, arrives on the scene. She was played by Rose McGowan and took her place within the power of three from season four onward. Charmed are... TV theme for this week. And with that, we are done here. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Allen underscore 88 on Facebook at Jeff Allen 88 and the website Jeff Allen Sports And you can reach out to the show anytime by email Jeff Allen Sports Talk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Does your dog itch, suffer from debilitating skin allergies, or trouble hot spots? We have the solution using the healing power of neem. Kramer's Salve is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. Go to KramerSalve.net to order today with new low pricing. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net. Central Florida, it's Pebo Bryson. Double Grammy and Double Oscar Award winner Evo Bryson performing live at the third annual Apopka International Jazz Festival Saturday, March 25th at the beautiful Apopka Amphitheater hosted by world-renowned saxophonist Kim Waters along with urban keyboardist Kayla Waters and jazz violinist the King of String Ken Ford. It's an evening under the stars where you'll enjoy incredible music, delicious food and drinks along with music lovers such as yourself. It's Bebo Bryson Live! Me and the girls will be right there. Saturday, March 25th at the 3rd Annual Apopka International Jazz Festival. Gates open at 4 p.m. For complete details and tickets, visit ApopkaInternationalJazzFest.com. Sponsored in part by United Arts of Central Florida, Orlando Health, Florida Blue, and Tito's Handcrafted Vodka. Get your tickets now!